You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Tyne Warp. We are back and so are the tune. Yes, the Magpies Premier League season kicks off this weekend and we have got an awful lot to cover. I'm your host, Harry Roy, and I'm joined today by my fellow NUFC Vavil office writer, Alex Wood. No Dan today. He's off out, priorities, you know, and all that. So it is just the two of us today, but we've got to get this podcast out and, and let's get the show on the road. About 50 minutes ago, Newcastle United finally announced the, the signing of Joe Willock, Steve Bruce's number one target for a, a deal in the region of £25 million. I think, especially us guys on here, we always thought that this deal would happen, but on a permanent deal, I wasn't so sure. So massive to get him over the line. Unfortunately, it does not look like the club have, have got him registered in time to play on Sunday against West Ham, but... We've got six years of Willock, so we'll take it. Alex, buzzing to have him back, I assume? Yeah, of course. And I, I, as you said in the intro there, he was the only target, really, for this season. It was get Joe Willock above everything else, I think I said in the preview uh, transfer segment of the Newcastle Bavel um, office long right that you very graciously put together. <laughs> yes. um, and... It, it basically was that, like Steve Bruce said um, at the Burton Albion pre-season game, that Newcastle hadn't bid for anyone. And then they bid for Joe Willock and were trying to scrape and save all the coffers together to do it. Um, and obviously it's over the line now and we're, we're ecstatic. But could it have been done a month ago? Probably. Should it have been done a month ago? Probably. Is it 
too little, too late again. Yes, but he's here. As you've said, he's here for six years, um, which I think is the interesting bit of the transfer, actually. A six-year deal is massive. Like To give a 21-year-old, yes, he was proven in January, but he's played very little football for anyone, really. He had a purple patch in January, and to give him a six-year deal, I think, I think is really, really huge. I think he deserves and absolutely warrants the six-year contract. I think even before he signed for the club in January, there was a, a lot of people actually wanted uh, his fellow Arsenal teammate, Ainsley Maitland-Niles. They didn't actually want Willock. But I remember I was getting an announcement piece ready uh, on deadline day in January and I was looking through his stats and it was like, he's played 70-odd Premier League games at the age of 21. He's played in Europe. He's undoubtedly Newcastle United's best midfielder. Was an absolute revelation last season and I think we've snapped Arsenal's arm off for him. £25 million for an English player as well. Look how much Arsenal were willing to pay for Aaron Ramsdale this week. £30 million. Ben White went there for fifty million. We've just seen Jack Grealish go to Manchester City for a hundred million pounds. Twenty-five million is not what twenty-five million used to be like five years ago. If you go back and do this transfer a decade back, it would be the equivalent of fifteen, fourteen million, something like that. So we've got an absolute steal. But like you said about the the six-year contract, it's nothing that really surprised me when I was doing the. I was getting this piece prepared. I, I got it prepared when I heard that the fee got agreed on Sunday. And I actually wrote in as a template that he had signed a six-year contract because that seems to be very common at the club at the minute. They give Alan St. Maximan a, a six-year deal when he signed his new contract last year. Jacob Murphy just signed a brand-new six-year deal. So it seems for the players that they see have a future at this club, they're being rewarded with long-term deals. But I imagine there is a there is multiple caveats in the contract of Willock, we've heard that there is a sell-on clause around 10 to 15%, which will go back to Arsenal. And I think Grealish set the way, didn't he, for release clauses. I imagine he will have a release clause in the contract. But it is completely unconfirmed. But all we know is Joe Willock is a Newcastle United player on a permanent basis. It's a fantastic result for Steve Bruce, the club and the supporters. Yeah, Steve Bruce deserves a lot of credit for this because I agree. He he said he wanted he just wanted one man. He wanted Joe Willock. Everything else is gravy. He wanted Joe Willock, and he's got his man. So yeah, we we need to give him credit. He said he wanted him. He's got him. Um, we can do all the political and politicising of the transfer later. Of well, oh well, Steve Bruce has got back in where other managers didn't. Oh well, wisely Johnny took taken a month to do what he could have done in a week all this that the other why is that all taken so long but he's here let's just be happy about him um and obviously we, we won't get him for the west ham game which will be a shame but it, it probably means that sean longstaff actually plays a plays some minutes for newcastle united this season well sean longstaff's an interesting one We're, wasn't actually going to cover this but there's been a lot of talk I think it was mark douglas at the chronicle day he Mentioned on Twitter that Sean Longstaff, he's been subject to interest uh, from Rafa Benitez and Everton. And that might be a deal that does happen. For me, I wouldn't lose sleep over losing Sean Longstaff. I know it could be quite an unpopular opinion. Yes, he's a homegrown player. He's, he was good you know, three, four years ago. Showed the real quality he's got. But unfortunately, he just doesn't fit in this side. And if we can, you know, I think he's going into his final year of his contract as well. If we can get 10 to 15 million from him, I don't see it being too disastrous I don't know what you what you think about that Alex if we can get 3-4 million and Tom Davis in return would you want Tom Davis though 
I'd, I'd, I'd snap Tom Davis in, in his sleep. I think he's an incredibly underrated player. Okay. Mm. See, I would, I would rather keep Sean Longstaff than, than Tom Davis. <laughs> if we were going in, if we were going in for Jens Kajuste or Bubakar Kamara, two players that have been linked with the club, then absolutely sell Sean Longstaff. But if you're going to bring in someone like Tom Davis, it's like we're gaining an Evertonian and they're gaining a Geordie. We may as well just, just keep both of our players. But speaking of transfers, this might just be the best transfer story of the whole window. Yes, Willock is the best move the club could have made, but who wouldn't want to see, not Santiago Munez, Santiago Munoz, the Mexican striker. There's been a, a link, I think it was in, a Me- in Mexico and in the USA, it's com- come completely out of the blue, that a, a 19-year-old striker by the name of Santiago Munoz is close to a move to Newcastle United. It's not been confirmed by any of the local reporters around here, but I don't know how good he is. I've never seen him play before. I don't think anybody, really any Newcastle United fan, other than our Mexican supporters, may have seen him play. But regardless of his ability, sign him up because I want him on the back of my shirt. It will be the greatest move to ever exist. It really will. It would be amazing. It would be absolutely hilarious. Um, in terms of a couple of stats for him, what what he played Alex, last season... Alex, you've always got the stats. You're a good man. He's always prepared, you see. What, what he played last season, he played 13 games in the Mexican League, which is the Liga MX at Cloaza. I probably butchered that massively. He played 13 games there. Um, he scored three goals and made three assists. Um, but he didn't start every single game. He came on as a substitute for six of those. So he only started six games and was um, three goals, three assists. So definitely a prospect. But obviously the Premier League, the Mexican League, chalk and cheese really yeah it's a it's a bolt out the blue as i would describe it there's been no links like i've said to this obscure transfer link but there was i'm just reading an article here and it does say that the highly rated 18 year old um has agreed a loan with an option to buy Uh, he is only 19 and i wouldn't expect that he would come into the first team i do believe it would be a be an under 23s job but newcastle i know they're not in the market for a striker they say they don't need one but I do think they absolutely need another one. Considering Wilson's injury record, you'll probably get 25 out of the 38 games for him. Dwight Gale is not you know, proven anymore, unfortunately, and is, is injured himself. And then who else do you have? Joe Linton, not a natural striker. St. Maximan is going to get injured probably the same amount of games as Wilson. So we could be really, really short up front. And if we're going to take a punt on... Um, Santiago Munoz being the next Santiago Munez and getting himself a move to Real Madrid in a few times, I am absolutely all for it. As long as we don't get Michael Owen in return. No, as long as we don't get Michael Owen, that is that is absolutely true. But transfer window, Alex, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because Newcastle have pretty much put all their eggs in one basket, it seems. They've went all out to sign Joel Willock. They've absolutely done that. Well done. Credit to the club. I know a lot of people have whinged about how long it's took, and me included, but it was pretty clear that Mikel Arteta and Arsenal in particular uh, played quite a bit of hardball with this. They were unsure right up until you know the week before the season started of whether Willock was going to be a part of their squad this season because I think he's good enough to, he's absolutely good enough to get in the Arsenal team. Whether he's good enough to start, of course, is is another question. But they really made us sweat. Bruce said in the press conference today, Dan was there for us uh, this morning. This, unfortunately, he can't be on the podcast tonight, but he did say that uh, that they did try to get him on loan, which obviously suited the finances of the club. 
I'm glad they've went out and got the deal done permanently because it means that we've got those two Premier League loan slots available. And ideally, the club probably need at least another centre midfielder and another centre-half minimum. So, Alex, who do you think... Uh, who would you go for, for for two loan options? I know we've been linked with the likes of Cameron Carter-Vickers from Spurs. Like you said, Tom Davies, whether they maybe could we could get him on loan. There's quite a few. Hamza Chowdhury's another one. There's lots of players out there, but what would you like to see? Not in terms of a player, but the attributes you would want to see come to Newcastle on loan and make a difference for us. Um, realistically, I, I want somebody that is going to fit into the sale, whether it's option to buy or not, that has the similar aspects to John Joe Shelby, but somebody with pace, somebody that can pass a ball all over the park, no matter what the difference is or anything like that. Um, the likes of Oliver Skip, who, who spent last season on loan at um, Norwich, fits that bill completely. Um, uh, I know that he's had a really good preseason for Spurs, and if Spurs get some deals over the line that they're wanting to get over the line, then he might be looking for football elsewhere this season, and we could per- personally snap him up absolutely. Oliver Skip is absolutely a player I would love to see here. I watched a handful of Norwich games last season when they were in the championship. Skip was there on loan last season. He's quality. He's got all the he's got all the ability you'd want, you know, he's good defensively. I think that's what Newcastle need. They don't really need like a playmaker like Willock who's good driving forward. Yeah, I think Willock's the, the best attacking midfielder I've seen at this football club since Wijnaldum. They need an enforcer. Even like likes of Hamza Chowdhury, someone like that who's gonna like like an Isaac Hayden, we need we need someone like that with with legs in midfield who's able to you know transition the defense into attack and that, that's what we're looking for. But central defense is another interesting one because it's no doubt that Newcastle hanging on for Willock has hindered them in the transfer market in terms of their targets. We know they were interested in Axel Chwanzebi. He's gone to Aston Villa. I think he would have been a very very good signing on loan. Bruce did want him, but you know the club have prioritized Willock. How much do you think that has damaged the club this season? Do you still think there is... There's, obviously, there's players out there, but a lot of the Premier League loans, the likes of Conor Gallagher, would have been another player, have, have already gone to our Premier League rivals in the bottom half. The other thing that we need to really like reference and make sure is all of these clubs want loan fees. Yes. All these clubs are wanting really, really high loan fees. I think Aston Villa agreed a, a six and a half, maybe seven million pound loan fee with Manchester United for um, uh, the defender you mentioned. I'm not going to even try and pronounce his name. Axel Trans-Evi. I think that's how that's it. it. That that gentleman right there. Um, I, they wanted a seven million pound loan fee, and if we're paying seven million for for him, that's seven million less we've got available for Joe Willock. Now, it it's very difficult because the players that you're going to be able to get at this stage of the season um, aren't first-teamers that will have had a lot of football inspired for them or aren't pushing on first-team and want, the clubs want them to get first-team football so that they can maybe go in next year. The other one that I would have liked to have seen if we'd acted early would have been Billy Gilmore. I think Billy Gilmore would have been great for this club as well. Um, he's that kind of box-to-box midfielder that's got legs and can do it all uh, the same as Conor Gallagher. Um, but I think, yeah, we've, we've probably been muscled out of a, a couple of good loan options very by acting this late. Um, but you never know, the transfer market's a very, very unpredictable beast, um, which is why I really like the, the Camara link from Marseille. I think, I think they're in a heap of trouble financially over in France, especially with their TV deal that's going on over there. That's a whole different thing for a whole different 
separate podcast, by the way. We could spend um, hours but, on that. Yeah, yeah. I, you really could. It is fascinating, honestly. If somebody wants to listen to that, go and find it. It is incredible, incredible stuff. Um, but yeah, I think Kamara might might be a doable one for uh, a less than ten million pounds option if if that was there. But um, I think if we get him and Joe Willock, Newcastle uh, have done very very well in the transfer market, which is a rarity. I thought they had a good window last summer, mind, when they brought in Lewis, Fraser, Wilson and Hendrick. I thought that was a good window, but I don't expect Newcastle United to spend any more money this this window. Bruce mentioned it in his press conference this morning. He said, I'll find the, the quote, I think he said that the club went above and beyond to make the Willock deal possible, implying that they aren't going to spend any more money, which of course is a shame because I think with a takeover Newcastle, this would have been the perfect window for them especially with the mess that Italian football and French football is in with their TV deal. Newcastle really could have snapped up some bargains. But if Boubacar Kamara is available, then Newcastle United absolutely have to go for it. But unfortunately, we're, we're a club that, that lacks ambition uh, at the minute. I think the Kamara case, I must say, would be a similar one to Boubacar Isumare, uh, former of Lille, now at Leicester. Uh, we had a... a big 35 million pound bid accepted for him I think it was two or three years ago and the the player just outright turned around and said look I do not want to join the club which you know I, I, we don't want players like that at this football club but Newcastle aren't an attractive proposition which is I'm, I'm surprised that Willock signed on a permanent transfer I thought that he would have, would have wanted a loan deal so I think it would have took a lot of persuasion to bring him back here because Newcastle unfortunately aren't the club that they used to be no you're 100% right um, Mike we aren't but um, I think the difference between Willock is that he really enjoyed his time up there. Um, and that was without fans. Like, he had a whale of a time in stadiums and scored goals for fun without fans. Like, he, he saw all the social media love he got. Imagine like, if he'd walked out on um, Sunday and, uh, like, scored against West Ham. Oh, the place would have gone mental. It would have gone crazy. And when he eventually does score for Newcastle at St. James's Park, it would go crazy. He's loved up there already, and he's only spent six months up there. Two years down the line, he will be loved. And Arsenal fans aren't like that. Arsenal fans are a kind of semi-fickle bunch. I'm not trying to dig at them. They're really, really dedicated to their club. But they are they are a fickle bunch. I admire the Arsenal support. I've never seen a fan base more engrossed in transfer rumours than Arsenal fans, I will give them that but unfortunately Arsenal's aspirations are higher than Newcastle's and they've got to be realistic and they needed the money so I think it's a grave mistake selling Willock but that's what that's what they had to do, like you said about Willock and how he's being loved here by the fans Like I'm, I'm 21 years old and I'm sitting on a podcast talking about Joe Willock, he's the same age as me until next week I would like most fans would absolutely die to have what he has got at this club at the minute. He is like a young kid. He's still a lad. And he is being adored by 50,000 plus Newcastle United supporters every single week. His social media must have been getting hammered for the last two or three months. Probably ever since ever since the loan spell finished. I think I, I, I put a post out there on Twitter. I seen that he liked an, an Instagram post from an Arsenal fan page. He just liked it, and it was about him travelling up to Newcastle, which, albeit, wasn't true, but he liked it. I don't know whether he didn't read the caption or something. Anyways, the tweet blew up. That is how crazy Newcastle fans are for Joe Willock. 
and I'm so happy for the kid. I'm glad he's committing his future at this football club. Uh, he's in, he's in for a good time. There's going to be some highs and there's going to absolutely be some lows. But what a club to to be at and sign a six year contract. Yeah, I completely echo that. I'm 25 um, up until next week, and I'd I'd swap him. I'd swap his place for anything. Uh, that and to get the four years back, I'd definitely be trying <laughs> to you, you're, um, You've only got two years left in your deal if you were Willick. Yeah, absolutely, but I'd be pushing my agent to sign me as an extension, definitely. <laughs> well, we've we've dwelled on the transfer window. Now it is time for the season prediction. Always a difficult one with Newcastle. Well, I say that. You've pretty much got them arrows between 18th and 11th. I'd done a, uh, a podcast with the full Vavil UK team. It was our first podcast, the Vavil UK football podcast. Please go and give that a listen if you haven't already. It was me, Editor-in-Chief Johnny Bentley, Senior Editor Callum Boyle, and Deputy Editor-in-Chief Brad Cox. We had a really, really good chat for about an hour and a half. Covered all sorts of topics. We covered every single Premier League club. But we're just going to focus on Newcastle today, season prediction. Alex, I'm going to go to you first. Who do you think is going to be our player of the season? Joe Willock. Joe Willock. Simple. Uh, yeah, simple. simple. It's Joe Willock. You think? Not St. Maximin, not Wilson? It's Joe Willock. <laughs> you don't even need to give a reason, do you? We all know why. We all saw what happened last I, I don't. I don't need to give a reason. He's going to break Jamie Vardy's record of consecutive it's on. scoring of it goals. It's absolutely it's on. on. It is on. on a, it's on. So, yeah. Um, consecutive Premier League games. 12 is going to be Joe Willock's record. And uh, he will be Newcastle United's player of the season. Potential wildcard. We've covered all of this in a in a season preview. We've done a written piece. Alex mentioned it before. It's about two and a half thousand words. Please go and give it a read. But we all done uh, different topics, so we've not covered, you know, every single bit ourselves. Alex, you didn't cover the potential wild card. It was actually Dan. Uh, who do you think? Who do you think is going to be the uh, potential wild card for Newcastle this season? Uh, I believe Dan went with Ryan Fraser, didn't he? Yeah, and I agree with him as well for the record. I think he's come on leaps and bounds in pre-season. Uh, I've always felt bad for Fraser, especially in his first season, because you've got to remember he didn't actually play any football for six months. We had the pandemic, he wasn't fit, struggled with injuries. I hope that's all past him now. He's had a full pre-season, went away with Scotland. That'll only have helped him. and just It's just getting him into the squad. But I've got to admire him, going off on a bit of a tangent here, I've seen a quote where he said, you know, I'm struggling to basically fit into this side and I'm, I'm willing to retrain in another position. He said, if the manager wants to play me as a number eight, I will learn to do that. And that's, that's great. We really, really want to see that. Uh, of course. And I, I love the dedication from especially changing the attitude of Brian Fraser yeah. to carry a tangent on even more because he's one of them players that's known to have an attitude problem. Like, well, it was I will only play him. wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I will only play in my position and I'll only do this. I'll only cross a ball into a box and fire low, low shots in and get in the back stick. I'll only do that. So to hear that he's willing to adapt and do that, you've got to you've got to really think of the the man behind Ryan Fraser and have we got him all wrong and hopefully we'll prove him wrong this season. No, I'm going to go for a slightly different one. I really like the Ryan Fraser shout. I think it's great. But um, for me, I think it's Freddie Woodman. I think Freddie Woodman having that opportunity in, in the sticks on on Sunday against West Ham, um, we could see a, a kind of Carl Darlow 2.0 really resurfacing here. And um, I, I watched him a lot while he was at Swansea last season um, when I compiled the loan reports for, for, for the office. And 
like, yeah, he is an incredible goalkeeper. He really, really is and could be the goalkeeper for a long period of time at this football club. I think Woodman's an interesting one. It's a very bold claim, I think, because I, I believe that Woodman will be loaned back out on uh, back on loan in January. But I was just talking to my dad today. We have, we have a little we have a little discussion about Newcastle every morning, uh, and we were just talking about Woodman, and we we're saying that this is his Jordan Pickford opportunity. You know, he had it at, like Pickford had it at Sunderland, where a few of the first team goalkeepers got injured. He got his opportunity and absolutely took it. This is Woodman's chance. He's got an opportunity here. He's got a clear run to be the number one for this football club. Set a good enough impression and it's his. I think it's a completely different case to Carl Darlow, what he had last season, where it was we all knew that Dubravka was going to come in. But the difference between Darlow and Woodman is Woodman is significantly younger, first of all, and is an English talent. He's homegrown. He's got an opportunity here to be the number one for the next nine years and I really, really hope he takes it. He's incredibly highly rated. Swansea fans loved him. He was so close to going to Bournemouth on loan before... Dubravka injured his foot, Darlow was suffering from COVID issues, this is his chance, but I just think the club will struggle to, they'll, they'll not they'll not dethrone Martin Dubravka I just don't think they will, they didn't do it with Darlow last season, and I thought that was relatively harsh at the time, because he was arguably our player of the season right up until he was dropped, so it's going to take something incredible for Woodman to be the number one this season but I do think he'll be here. Uh, I think he'll be the number one until October, November time. So wishing him all the best. Right, the next thing we're going to cover is, is the pretty easy one. It's, it's the league position. Uh, on the Vavil Football Podcast, I said that Newcastle would finish 14th this season. A lot of things weighing in. I know we finished 12th last season. Arguably, the side is going to be stronger. We've got Graham Jones here for the full season. Willock's going to be here for the full season. Hopefully, we'll not have as many injuries. We shouldn't have a COVID outbreak. I just think the sides around us, however, have significantly strengthened their sides. And Newcastle have, have stayed the same, essentially. Uh, Brentford coming up will be stronger than the promoted sides we've seen here in the past, since, maybe since Leeds. Ivan Tony, former Toon player, I think will score at least 10 league goals a season. I think they'll stay up. Uh, I think I just I just ultimately feel sides have got stronger other than the likes of Southampton who have like, sold Danny Ings. I think they could go down this season. Just sold Yannick Vestergaard to Leicester. I just think the Newcastle have not got the squad depth to finish in the top 10. They aren't good enough to compete with the likes of Aston Villa, Leeds and Everton. So I just think they're going to be around the 16th to 13th mark. I've got them as 14th, though. Alex, what do you think? Are you a little bit more optimistic than me? Yeah, um, I'm I'm going 12th. 12th? Same as last season, then? Same as last season. I I, I think a, a boring... Uh, and we say boring, but it's never boring on time. It's side. never boring, uh, but I'd love a boring season. I'd love one. I'd just love a boring season of... 12 wins, 12 draws. and I just love that season. It was so, so terribly boring, but so great at the same time. Um, no, I, I honestly think um, 12, exactly the same as last season. Um, highs and lows, obviously. We, we had great high points last season and awful, awful lows. Um, Sheffield United uh, is no. is one of them. That was a really, that was a really, well, we've got really to go to Road again this season and play in Norwich and we never, ever win there. So I'm not we'll never ever win there. Never ever win there, but um, the the flip side of it is, and I I kind of disagree with you when you say that teams around us have strengthened because um, the team that I I think of when when you say that is um, like Crystal Palace. Yeah, they haven't. You don't won't. think they've strengthened? You don't think Crystal no, Palace I, has strengthened? I, well, 
they, they've lost so many players. You've seen if they brought in. They've brought in like Gehi, who was quality at Swansea last season. Conor Gallagher's arrived. There'll be a hatful of names I forgot. And they've brought in Mike Lalise from Redden. They've got a really, really good side. But it's an interesting one with them because Patrick Vieira is going to want to play attacking football. That Palace side has played the Bruce Dyche, Roy Hodgson style defensive football. It's going to be a quick transition. Can they cope with it? Because they could easily get relegated regardless of the ability of their squad if this backfires on Vieira. 100%. And I, I, I think it will. That's why I think they'll be they'll be right down there as well. Um, I think Watford are a little bit overrated. I can't see where they, their goals are coming from. Um, Norwich as well. Uh, they've got a similar issue. Yes, um, their new signing Rashida on the white is, is a baller. He's incredible. But again, tested at this level. Um, Wolves again. Um, they haven't really backed their new manager. Um, yes, he's had a couple of players come in, but um, they've still got that natural problem. If if Raul Jimenez goes down, where's their second striker? Um, Fabio uh, Silva wasn't really great last season. So I think we'll be in and around that mix of, of them kind of uh, teams and everything like that. And obviously, around about in that mix is our... Um, our opponents on Sunday, West Ham United, because a lot of people are, are touting them to flop back down the table this season as well. So, yeah, it'll be a fight, but I think I think 12th is, it, is a realistic high aim. West Ham, that was just who we're going to go on to next, of course, our opponents on Sunday. I don't know whether our West Ham editor, Alan, is listening, but he's not my biggest fan at the minute. Uh, sorry, he's not my biggest fan at the minute. Uh I predicted West Ham to finish 13th this season, and this is only because I have seen my football club do very similar to them, what I think will happen. They don't have a big squad. They have not built on the side they had last summer. They've not brought in Jesse Lingard on a permanent deal. They're the only Premier League club at the minute to have not bought a player on a permanent deal. They've only brought in Alphonse Areola from Fulham. Oh, no, sorry, from PSG on loan. He's at Fulham last season. Uh, they don't have a big squad. They're going to be playing European football. They're going to be playing in the Europa League. They, I would think they'll get through the group stages. That's going to add a lot of games to their calendar. With a small squad, without arguably their best player in Lingard, I just think it's a recipe for disaster. They're a good team. I think they will probably grab a point off us uh, on Sunday. They'll not get relegated. Too much to go down is, is you know, it's, it's the thing you hear a lot. But I think that is the case. Well, they're not going to have a good season. I know a lot of people seem to think they're going to get top 10, but I've seen this with Newcastle before, and I'm going to go with them 13th place. Alex, are you are you around the same as me? It seems you were. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Um, I think that, again, they don't really have a secondary striker to make, to Antonio. Yes, they've moulded him into this. Well, they this, sold Haller, like, didn't they? They sold Sebastian Haller. Yeah, that's it. So, like... Uh, They've moulded Antonio into this 15-goal-a-season striker, but he has his injury concerns. He is He's basically Callum Wilson light. Just not he as is. good. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> Callum Wilson, just not as good. Um, I, I, again, sorry, West Ham fans. He is Callum Wilson, just not as good. He's the Aldi version of Callum Wilson. That's, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> You're digging yourself a hole here because he's going to score a hat-trick on Sunday. He definitely is, and then I'm going to come back here this time next week, and you're going to absolutely destroy me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, West Ham, again, Europe is all that matters, really. Have a good time in Europe. Get as far as you possibly can. You are too good to go down. Your league position is irrelevant. Just have fun in Europe. Like, embrace yes, it. agree. We got to, it was probably the best season we've had in a long time. We got to a quarter-final with Benfica. 
if Papi Sissi didn't stand offside all game, we would have made it to a European semi-final. Arguably may have made the final. And we finished 16th in the league. But who remembers the league position from that season? Not many. If you have to remind people of that of that season, it is all about Cissé's last-minute winner against Angie, going 1-0 up at Benfica, winning group games, beating the likes of Bordeaux and, and Club Brugge. You don't think about the, the Premier League season. We stayed up, flat line, who cares? Go and enjoy Europe. But I don't think West Ham will hit the dizzy heights. But it's going to be a different animal on Sunday. It's going to be a very, very interesting game. West Ham are a better side than Newcastle on paper, I would say. Uh, I expect Ben Rama to have a really good season. I think he's going to have a good game on Sunday. Newcastle are absolutely going to have to be at their best. The difference between this game and the fixture we played against him at the back end of last season, of course, no Lingard, but Declan Rice is going to be playing in this game. Had a fabulous Euros with England. Uh, is a rated was hundred hundred million pounds he's rated at by his club. He's a, he's a top talent. I do remember when we were all comparing him to Sean Longstaff and saying he was better than him. Uh, I think that actually rattled Rice himself because he scored against us uh, at the at the London Stadium and started shushing our own supporters. So that was definitely about them Longstaff comments. But if I had to put a prediction in for this game, I think it's a difficult one to call. Newcastle always do well against West Ham. Home crowd, full, should be, well, I don't think there'll be a full house. I think it'll be about 46,000, 45,000 there on Sunday. Uh, Callum Wilson goes very well against these. But you've got to win that West Ham are arguably a better side than Newcastle so if I had to go for a prediction I do expect goals I'm going to go with a Desmond 2-2 for me 2-2 is respectable I, I, I like that shout um, I I think it's going to be a lot scrappier than 2-2 I think I think one goal will win it I think it'll be a 1-0 victory for Newcastle United who's going to get on the score sheet oh that uh, oh. Wilson. Let's do it. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's Callum Wilson. He always scores against West Ham. It's a good way at the end of the podcast, isn't it? We've we've covered quite a lot. Been on here for half an hour. If Dan was here, I think this would be about an hour. Uh, so great to be back. We're, we're going to try and bring these out every week if we can. I know we have all have other commitments. We're very busy, so really need to get on top of this. But thank you very much, as always, for listening. This has been Time Warp, brought to you by Vavil UK. Make sure you do check out our website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United as well as the rest of the Premier League and of course the EFL from us two lads not us three this time thank you very much for listening and we will catch you all next time Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy the Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.